Hello, hello, Power Bankers. I am back with another phenomenal guest, and y'all get ready. I have with me Amber, and Amber Freeland and I met in Dallas at the anniversary party for Badass Ladies DFW, and we just hit it off, her and her friend Sarah, um, so both are phenomenal women. So Amber, welcome to the Power Banking Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I, we and I, you and I had a, a conversation to talk about the podcast and it was so good. I've been really looking forward to our recording today. So tell us a little bit about you beyond your LinkedIn profile. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, I work in public relations and digital marketing, but that really wasn't always the case. I've kind of had a very interesting and long history of career transition, but um, basically I worked in professional sports, and then I became a teacher for a decade and a cheerleading coach, and then I went back into PR and marketing and went to grad school. Um, I'm a single mom with two small kids, and so I went to grad school pregnant, and I graduated pregnant. (laughs) Fun. And did all of that while, you know, raising two babies and went through a divorce afterwards, and... You know, went through just every life change you can imagine in a short amount of time while changing careers. And so now I'm just, I don't know, everything is just falling into place now. Yeah, well, you are so transparent. um, And I think we can gain so much power from your story because, I mean, you you have a lot of experience. So let's start off with this. What's your definition of leadership? Well, I guess for me, leadership is just, I mean, I'm not sure how I would actually define it, but if no one's following you, then you're not a leader. (laughs) That is a point, yes. So I guess that, you know, leadership is just having a natural ability to inspire other people. You know, maybe they work directly for you, maybe they don't, but I think leadership is just something that people... I think a lot of people just innately have it, and other people have to develop it. And, you know, but if what you're doing inspires others, then I think that makes you a leader in your circle. Yes, that is so true. Now, when you think about leaders, who pops up in your mind when you hear the word leader? brought up your dad because oftentimes our family members are our first introduction to leadership whether we give it that definition or not and so I think it's really awesome that you gave him that shout out now tell us a little bit about your career you've shared with us you've done a variety of things 
how did you start your career? Like, what was your first intro? <laughs> so, interestingly, when I went to college a million years ago, um, I wanted to be in sports medicine. And so that was, was a kinesiology major. And then I saw my degree plan and realized the amount of math and science courses was not really going to work out well for me. So, I was inspired by a football game. Um, it was a Dallas Cowboys game where a football coach got sideline, or he got knocked out by a sideline tackle, and then they had a press conference afterwards, and I was watching that, and I just said, that's what I want to do. I want to do media. I want to still work in sports, but that's the thing that I want to do right there, and I can use my communication skills instead. So I went for public relations, and I was totally focused on a career in sports, and I guess... Um, this was at the height of uh, hockey in Texas after the Dallas Stars had won the national or had won the Stanley Cup, and so all of a sudden there were minor league teams everywhere. And I went to Texas Tech, and we had the Lubbock Cotton Kings, and they were new, and I wanted to work for them. And it took seven months to convince the PR director to give me an internship. He wow! Was convinced that he was not convinced that a woman in Texas knew anything about hockey. And the only women they had working for them was the receptionist and the accountant. So I called him every week and talked hockey. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually he asked me to come in and said, okay, fine, you're an English minor. Maybe you can like edit our website because, you know, the copy needs some work. And so I became the website manager <laughs> very soon after that. And, you know, I was an intern there for a year. Um, game day operations, all that kind of stuff, and it led to a lot of really great interviews. I interviewed with teams all over the country, and somehow I ended up right back here in Dallas. So my first job out of college was with the Dallas Stars and Texas Rangers Marketing Department um, when they were co-owned by Tom Hicks. So I did that job, and it sounds really glamorous. It was not at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had four interns, and they made minimum wage and overtime, and so they took home more than I did. Um, I only cleared like $20,000 that year in salary. Wow. So it was really hard. I had to, you know, it was, it was a real gut check and a really hard math lesson too. <laughs> so I had to move back in with my parents, and that's when a teaching job fell in my lap. So I thought, well, I could do this, so I'll do this for a while until I get back on my feet. I fell in love with education. But I got burned out, and so I taught um, AP English Literature, and I coached and worked in some really hard schools with some really challenging students but that I'm still friends with to this day. And so, yeah, I went into education, and then I guess after the Great Recession of 2008, 2009, that was when I caught up with teachers and all those teachers losing their jobs, and I was one of them, and I couldn't get an interview. So I realized this was my opportunity to go back to my first love of public relations. And I'd kind of been doing a lot of digital innovations when I was a teacher, using blogs in the classroom. I blogged every single day um, what our agendas were, what our assignments were, lessons to be learned. And I blogged every single morning with the update for the day, and then I updated it that night if things changed. Um, to keep parents informed, I started using Twitter in the classroom to keep in touch with students and parents and started doing some little guest talks to teachers on how they could use digital communications to, you know, have more
overreach and more impact. And so I saw this as an opportunity, so I went back into PR and with a strong focus on digital. And I was 35 years old. I was married. I was pregnant with my son. I had gone through three miscarriages. I needed an internship because I had a I had a wonderful man named Steve on LinkedIn who offered to look at my resume since I was career transitioning. So I sent him my resume and he told me flat out, no one's going to hire you. They don't care what teachers have done. And this doesn't translate. So he gave me some really hard feedback that I appreciated and so that I needed something. So I contacted the American Heart Association. There was no job posting. I just contacted the communications director for the Dallas chapter and said, hey, here's who I am. I'm looking for an internship. I need something on my resume. And she and I had a lot of mutual connections. And so she gave me an opportunity. And I'm in my current job, actually, because of her. (laughs) Wow. Well, you know what, Amber? You're like, I love your story. But one thing that I want to highlight for the power bankers is your grit. How you didn't let anything stop you, even with your very first internship in Lubbock, you kept calling every week and building that relationship. And one of one of the things is that you don't get stuck, like even with the layoff from being a teacher, you didn't just sit there and be like, well, it's me. You're like, "Okay, let me figure out a game plan and you take action. So. Power bankers, please take that as one of the first couple of lessons from Amber because this woman is so phenomenal and she really doesn't let things hold her back. She sees the situation and she makes a move. So um, you were saying that that lady from the American Heart Association is the reason why you're in your role today. Yes. So you know, to kind of add on to what you said, most of the jobs that I've had in my career were not posted jobs. They were jobs that happened because I sought somebody out and made a personal connection with them. That start that job with the Dallas Stars and Texas Rangers was not a posted job. I reached out through the webmaster email and said, here's my resume. I'd like to talk to someone in PR and marketing. And the, that email happened to be checked by the marketing manager who snatched me up and called me in. Um, you know, teaching, that wasn't a posted position. I called up old or old principals and said, hey, I want to be a teacher. And that's how I got that position. The American Heart Association wasn't posted. I reached out and said, hey, here I am. I, what can I do for you? And so I ended up, I ended up interned her for her for 10 months. Um, I was the 35-year-old pregnant waitress intern. I was waiting tables to pay bills. Um, doing whatever side hustle I could do, making jewelry for a friend's boutique, like anything I could do just to pay bills and go to school. And I was working as a TA and, you know, all of that. So I interned her with her for 10 months and then I left and I went on to some other full-time positions. But where I'm currently at, she had this position. She left American Heart and went to the Cooper Institute. The two organizations are very closely related. And so she was VP of Marketing and Communications here. And then she left to go back to heart and left a void. And I was reaching out to her at the same time. And I said, hey, I'm looking to make a change. I had just left the utility sector. And she said, hey, you know, we got something in the works that's not even really posted yet. So I actually got this job because of her, because they took her job and split it into the thirds when she left. So I took on the communications role. She went back to heart. And 
so, so amazing that you really focus on building relationships. And I'm glad that you highlighted that you did not apply to jobs online. One of the things that I taught my clients to do is to do exactly what you're doing is to double down on relationships, reach out to people directly. I read a stat earlier this year that said 85 percent of jobs that are filled are filled through networks, not through online applications, which speaks to why so many women leaders get frustrated that they apply to all of these jobs and they don't even hear anything back or they get the automatic rejection emails. You definitely have to go through the avenues of the relationships. And what you did, even when you didn't have that direct relationship with your first internship, you built it. You called every week and you built that relationship. So that that speaks volumes to your character as a leader and why you are so successful because again you don't let anything stop you and i want to pivot a little bit and let's talk about how you've overcome some challenges working in male dominated industries as a woman you kind of alluded to they said that you wouldn't know anything about hockey and you called and you started talking hockey so that they understood you and you got the industry. So what's that been like for you? Um, you know, that was, that was challenging and it was fun though, because I, so I, you know, kind of going back to what I mentioned my dad. So my dad, I'm the oldest of two girls and my dad wanted nothing more than to have boys. So he raised us as if we were boys. He raised us to believe that we could do anything that a man could do, um, which is ironic because he's also a very traditional person who kind of believes that men are the leaders in the household and all of that. Mm -hmm. But in lieu of having boys, he had no choice but to raise us to be sufficient and, you know, and to, to do anything, to not be afraid of any kind of challenge. There was no, this is, you know, this is something that boys do and this is something that girls do. It was just, you know, you're my kid and you're going to help me out with this project. So, you know, I grew up with that kind of mindset of, you know, don't let anybody tell you that you can't do something. And so when I contacted him and he was, he was gracious enough to meet with me initially and he just kind of casually said, you know, he's like, you know, I just don't know that you're, you know, as a woman, I just don't know that you know enough about hockey to do this job. So I was like, okay, well, thank you. And I shook my hand and I was very, or shook his hand, I was very polite. And then I took that as a challenge. So I either called or emailed every week, you know, with, hey, that was a great game last night. Or, hey, did you see this? Or I was looking on your website. I saw you had a broken link that you might want to fix. Like little things like that that not only demonstrated my knowledge, but demonstrated that I was paying close attention and that I had something to offer, that I was willing to help. And so that's how I came about that he finally was like okay <laughs> and I didn't you know the, the internet was fairly new back then I mean that was the late 90s it was like 1999 2000 so it's not like I had any formal training in how to manage a website I just knew by that point I kind of had a natural instinct for what looks good and what doesn't look good and how a website was supposed to work so he just wanted me to do copy changes and I got in there and realized what a mess it was so I grabbed the legal pad and I sketched out every page of the website and what the navigation structure should look like and I just brought it in as a drawing and said here's what I think we should do and he's like okay great you're out in charge go do that oh my goodness oh uh, so yeah 
there there goes your grid again. Like you had no formal training in the web, but you figured out a way to um, show your interest and highlight your skills. So that brings me to our segue here is what tools have been successful in helping you to navigate your career? website on Wix for free. And I actually, before I knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur, I had JacquelineTwilly.com specifically for the reason that you shared. I wanted a place to house everything I knew and what to do. And that website I built myself and that's still the foundation website of Jacqueline Twilly today, what I built on my own. But 
my first website was for a marketing company that I had way back when, I guess like 2007-ish, it was Jaywash Marketing, and I would tweet all about marketing industry stuff all the time, and I got clients from that. So as you're talking, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And these are practical things that people can apply to whatever social media platform they use today, like LinkedIn, is you become a thought leader by one, showing what you know. And one of my favorite quotes is by Walt Disney. He says, we keep moving forward, opening new doors and doing new things because we're curious and curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. Absolutely. And that's when you're talking, I'm like, oh, my goodness, she can, she reminds me of this quote, because that's how you keep your next opportunity popping, really. So what advice would you give to a woman who's navigating change, whether it's in her life or in her career or both, as you had to do both at the same time? situations in life and move forward as you were talking I'm thinking like with people who are in jobs when they get a new opportunity and they turn those opportunities down because they're comfortable and then they end up getting fired or laid off a few months later it's like you're right God was giving you a nudge you you're probably saying to yourself I want better or you're praying for better and then here comes this great opportunity and you're like oh but I'm comfortable so what happens is your prayer was answered, but you pass it up and you keep praying for it. So then God is like, okay, let me give you a nudge to give you what you really want. Right. Yeah. I, I don't believe there's unanswered prayers. I just believe that sometimes the answer isn't what you thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. Or, or the answer is something you didn't want to listen to. Um, I hear a lot of people who, 
but yeah, I, I, I'm so in jobs. I see the people who stay in the company for 10, 20, 30 years, and I see the people who seem like they hop jobs every one or two or three years. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for the people who can stay in one place for a long time, but that's not me. I, you know, I, I don't ever want to feel stagnant. I don't ever want to feel like I'm not growing or being challenged. And one of my favorite things is when I start a new job, I love the challenge of learning what this industry is, learning who this client is, you know, whatever that may be, diving in, learning it, how can I make this the best for them? And, you know, and then you just do the work. But eventually there comes a time where you have to decide it's time to move on, you know, to another project, another client, another job, whatever it is, because I have to constantly be challenged. Because right. that's, where, that's where I thrive. I, I don't do stagnant in anything, not in my personal relationship and not in my professional environment. I can't be stagnant. I, um, oh, I love it. I can't wait till I see you again so we can go even further into more of more of our life. You're definitely going to have to come back to the podcast to share even more because you have so much knowledge and so much wisdom. Before we go, are you reading any books right now? Um. So I've been doing a lot of audio books and podcasts lately. Uh-huh. And I have been my go-to. I mean, as far as an actual physical book, the one that I have cracked right now is On Writing by Stephen King. Um, it was, it's funny, funny enough, I've had it forever and I've never read it, and then I had to dust it off the other day because my kid was scared of Pennywise the Clown, and I had to prove to him that this was a made-up story. So <laughs> I pulled the book off the shelf, and then I forgot, like, oh my God, this is supposed to be amazing. So I have that in my living room that I'm reading. But on the audiobooks, I'm listening, I'm alternating between that and podcast. So I'm listening to The Power of Habit. Yes, Charles Duhigg, yes. I'm on that one. And then on Spotify, I have been alternating between four different podcasts. Um, I listen to the Dave Ramsey show a lot because I want to live a debt-free life. And he helps me kick my own butt financially. And I've been listening a lot to the Gary Vee audio experience because he's just so motivational about being an entrepreneur. And the No Pants show with Mike Shreve, it's all about freelancers and how to start, how to do it, how to, you know, how, how to build passive and, active, uh, passive and active income. So I've been listening to those two really heavily because I'm, you know, wanting to do my own freelance work on the side. And then just for fun, I listen to Sinisterhood. Um, it's a true crime podcast by a couple of girls here in Dallas, and I actually met them through one of our Badass Ladies events when we did a podcast um, series. So This is so fun because I just interviewed someone else for the podcast. The episode will be coming out soon. And she just shared her true crime podcast list. So uh, inside of the Power Bank and Facebook group, we're going to have to start a thread of these true crime podcasts. She, I will actually connect you to her. Her name is Lindsay Perez. And... She has a book club in Dallas that she started, but it's about crime mystery books. So, yeah, so I'm going to connect you with her. 
yeah, I would be all over that. My sister got me turned on to True Crime Podcast, and I was like, I don't know about this, and then I started listening, and then I met the Sinister Head Girls at the Badass Ladies Podcast Night, and just fell in love with them, because they're comedians, they're best friends, they are so funny, and so they kind of mix a little bit of um, the true crime headlines and the big names that people know with a little bit of local Dallas flair, so I <laughs> love it. Yes. So let's talk about the Badass Ladies Network. I'll have to get Sandy to come to the podcast, but that's how we connected. And one of the things that a theme of your conversation is relationships. And when we met at that event, you and I and Sarah, we all just started talking um, and we hit it off. And I'm really grateful for the Badass Ladies DFW Network, which is just a community of career women and entrepreneurs who come together and just get shit done. I, I don't know how else to explain in a nutshell, but you've been involved with the group longer than I have. So how did you get introduced to it? Oh, man. So um, Lauren Eichler is a friend of mine from grad school. She was an undergrad while I was doing my master's work. So um, she, she was president of the student chapter of PRSA when I was there. So we had some classes where I was her TA, but then, you know, she was also part of that organization. So we've just always kept in touch, and she worked uh, She worked at a big agency and had worked with Sandy. So when I left the utility sector, I worked in water and wastewater utilities for three years doing crisis management and PR. And so when I left utilities and I was looking for a job, she was like, oh, my God, my friend Sandy had this group. You should totally get in this. So she added me to it, and at that point, Badass Ladies was brand new. They had only had one happy hour and they had another one that was coming up in two weeks and so she added me to it she's like it's all it's a great place to meet amazing women and make some job connections so I went I joined the group I went to the happy hour there were like 60 women there and they were all from my industry and they were working at all the places that I wanted to work at and so I just started making friends adding LinkedIn connections talking to people and you know I worked briefly for an agency and then this opportunity presented itself and it was a it was a much better opportunity so I, I snatched it and I stayed in contact and you know I was really active so Sandy asked me to be part of the steering committee for it as we tried to figure out what the future of the organization was going to look like at the time it was just quarterly happy hour and so we started talking about doing programs and planning and you know, making this into something real. So uh, I joined the steering committee and we've been putting together programs ever since. I think we're, you know, we've been doing bi-monthly programs, but we've had design thinking workshops. Um, we've had podcast, you know, how to do podcast panels. Um, you know, so many great things like that that are coming up and we're planning our 2020 year and trying to figure out what we want to offer this next year. So it's been a phenomenal network to be a part of. Yes. So if you all are in the Dallas area, definitely look up the group. I'll make sure I link to the show notes in it so that you can connect with other like-minded women who are just positive, uplifting, and also like to have a good time. So as we wrap up, this time flew by. What parting piece of guidance would you give to the power bankers? Um, I guess my biggest advice to anybody is going, yeah, have a positive outlook. 
don't ever give up on what it is that you want to do. And if you don't see an opportunity, make one. Yes. I, you know, that, that's, that's my biggest and best advice is don't be discouraged. You know, people look for jobs all the time. You don't see the position you want. That's fine. Reach out to the company because you never know what they're negotiating on the inside or what they're really looking for that they haven't decided on yet. So if you don't see an opportunity, make your own. And just, you know, be determined, you know, build your network, maintain relationships. You know, there's just, I mean, it, it's all about relationships and determination. And, you know, that's, that's really the extent of it. It's so, so true. So, Amber, how can people connect with you online? Oh, wow. Um, well, I, I just like you, I also have my own website, uh, freelandcommunications.com and also amberfreeland.com. They go to the same place. Um, I bought those up when I was in grad school as well. So they can connect with me there. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm on all the social channels. So just find me at amberfreeland.com. Yes, and I will link up to Amber's website and her social profiles. And when you connect with her on LinkedIn, just a pro tip for those using LinkedIn to network, in that invite section where you get to leave a comment, just pop in and say, hey, Amber, I heard you on the Power Bacon podcast. And that way, she knows you're a real person and you're not a bot and she will actually connect with you. Yes, I will absolutely connect with anybody who wants to have a real connection. But yeah, there are a lot of insights from just random people. So, you know, please let me know who you are and how you found me, and I'll be happy to make a connection. And you know, if there's ever anything I can do for somebody, I'm always happy to help. That is so amazing. Well, thank you again, Amber, for coming to the Power Banking Podcast. I have two pages of notes from our conversation. I'm definitely going to go back to this episode and listen to it a few times. You dropped so many wisdom gems on us. You shared how, you know, grit and creativity is just a part of your process. And that's how you've made your own roadmap for success. And I'm so, so grateful that you agreed to come to the podcast. Until next time, continue to emulate excellence and eliminate excuses.